Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Those who would trade our freedom for security have embarked on this downward course. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. They use terms like we must accept a greater government activity in the affairs of the people. This was the very thing the Founding Fathers sought to minimize. They knew that governments don't control things. A government can't control the economy without controlling people. And they know when a government sets out to do that, it must use the full power of centralized government. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape. This is the last stand on earth. Oh, and we're back. I'm your host, Garrett Goldberry, my co-host, Dr. Kirk Elliott, and we're doing the Samurai Silver Report today. So uh, happy Monday to everybody. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Um, and, uh, not trying to bring you too much doom and gloom, but we're just trying to prepare you for what's uh, going ahead. And I know uh, Doc wanted to touch on a couple things just to, you know, keep everybody aware of the climate of the situation and how important it is to protect, uh, you know, your, your earnings, your money, your future wealth for your children and your family. So first of all, happy Monday, sir. You're looking, you're looking nice and tan. You're looking good, man. Hey, thank you so much. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it was a, it was a busy weekend, but I was making phone calls to clients outside because you can't beat the amazing weather that we're having. So it's like, might as well walk and talk and get some, get a little uh, spring color because I don't want to burn in the summertime. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, I know. The first, the first one's terrible. Once you get out of your winter skin, basically, it's like shedding, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, we, it was nice the other day we were out and uh, had my kids at the park and I was just laying there on the park bench, soaking it all in. But even a couple minutes laying out there and I even had like my shirt on and stuff. I'm like, oh, right, I'm going to start burning if I don't <laughs> if I don't move to some shade because, you know, six months of doom and gloom and doomy weather in New Jersey. It, it, the first couple of sunny days get you. So but uh, awesome. Glad you had a great weekend. And then, uh, yeah, check us out. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Um, you can check us out at uh, the website is Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash SGT, S-A-M, two L's, two T's, Elliott. Just make sure you guys put it in there because sometimes spell check mixes it up for you. So, but uh, yeah, let's get right into it, sir. Well, man, so, so there was a report that I read just this morning um, by a guy named David Roche. So David Roche is a pretty prominent, well-known economist. Um, and he runs a firm called Independent Strategy. So what he what he's talked about in this, I think that this um, term is gonna be used on the news on, on oh, mainstream media and others pretty pretty soon here, uh, but it's- New narrative. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's calling it war session. So what we're seeing right now is not a recession, but a war session. So since a lot of people are going to probably be hearing that term, I wanted to explain what it is, right? So, so war set. So in it, well, let's talk about a recession first. Recession is when you have declining um, output and demand at the same time, and prices come down at the same time. So mm -hmm. all three of them are coming down: output, demand, and prices all come down. So that's a recession. A what he classifies as war session is when um, you actually have output which falls at the same time that costs in inflation are going up. 
right? So mm-hmm. I've been I've been telling people this for for a year now. It's called stagflation. That's mm-hmm. the other term. I mean, that's all that it is. When you have a declining business cycle, people aren't working, people aren't spending money, nobody's hiring, right? Because of post-COVID, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, how does the government manifest itself to actually try to keep things stimulated, keep things going? They print money. Yes. When they print money like there's no tomorrow, that's inflation. So when it slows down enough that they say, we can't function as an economy mm. anymore, therefore we're going to print money like there's no tomorrow. This is what we had in the late 70s um, during the Carter years, right? And to yep. slow down that inflation train, they jacked up interest rates to like 18%. So, yep. so that was stagflation, slowing of the economy. People weren't working, you know, big recession business-wise, but yet the inflation- and the people who needed money or could could spend money, they were, they were hammering them with interest rates. Yeah. Hammered it. See, and the interest rates they had to raise to slow down the inflation that they created. See, it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. It's a vicious cycle. So, so they can't actually kill the beast that they created mm-hmm. because they're not willing to raise interest rates high enough, right? So, because to actually impact inflation with interest rates, the in- interest rate has to be the same as the inflation rate. Well, okay. what's the inflation rate unofficially right now? Is it twenty four percent? Is it that much? Yeah, it's up to twenty four. So. Are they going to jack rates up to 20? Well, that's like a credit card rate, right? So that means you would have a credit card interest on every single thing you do. And I think that's kind of hard to hide now because everybody got so used to 0% interest on everything, 12 months, 16 months, 18 months, et cetera. And then you can't go from 0% to basically credit card rates, which is, you know, legal loan sharking at 25%. No, nobody you, would you take can't. the money. I mean, there's well, right people now, out there that would take the money, but well, so right now the federal funds rate's about two, right? Mm-hmm. And so if they do a quarter of an interest rate hike, a quarter of a percent, six or seven times, let's just call it nine or ten times, like what JP Morgan Chase, chief economist, thinks we're gonna get. Mm-hmm. Well, ten times times a quarter of a percent, that's two and a half percent. So granted, people's debt service will double going from two and add two and a half percent to four and a half percent, which people don't say, oh, that's just two and a half percent, Greg, that's not a big deal. It's doubling. Yes. It's more than doubling, right? So that's a huge problem. If if you're used to $400 a month credit card payments, it goes to 800, what are you going to do, right? So, yes, exactly. So that's where that is, but it won't do jack to well, that's actually it. slow down inflation because they have to bump it up to 24, 24%, not four and a half. Yeah, it's not even it's not even putting, you know, it's like sticking gum on the Hoover Dam, <laughs> you know, unless it, it's big leg two or something yeah. like that, you can put a whole wad in your mouth, yeah, right? right. <laughs> I mean, Dipping it. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, so so you've got inflation and how do I know that there's inflation? So you look at the cost of, of housing right now. It is the most unaffordable that it has ever been. So so why? So. So 30-year fixed mortgage rates, they've jumped 160 basis points, which is 1.6% this year alone. Mm -hmm. So that's the highest since November of 2018. Just in the last week, mortgage rates jumped up um, from 4.4 to 4.67. So that's a quarter of of an interest point, right? Mm -hmm. So, So the cost of borrowing is going up as the prices of houses because of inflation, because of all the printing of money, are is it like all-time historical highs? So you've got the, the cost of houses at all-time historical highs, 
while the cost of borrowing is now going up. What does that spell for the real estate market? Disaster. Yeah, disaster. I mean, because to have it be equal, mm-hmm. if, if you want equal affordability, like from today to, to next week, right? And, and the interest rates go up, well, then the price of the house has to come down for it to, to be- To even out. Positive. Yeah. They can't rise together. It's unsustainable. No, you know? it's unsustainable. And I, I see a lot, like, cause I talk to some of the realtors around me and stuff. And, you know, unless you're in this mindset of you're like, oh, th- some of them are just so played in the system. They're like, oh, it's going to come down and we're going to do this. And we're going to do that and all that stuff. I'm like, guys, this is historic shit. Like nobody knows how this is really going to play out because, you know, th- there's houses going easily a hundred, dollars $150,000 over asking. And people are coming in, especially in my area. Cause I'm in a LA community. My house is worth from when I bought it two more, I could sell it for almost double of what I paid for it. Right. But then I know I got to buy at that rate and I'm just not going to do that. So I'm happy where I'm at. Uh, I'll ride it out. And then when it crashes, then I'll try to buy something. If we, if money's even worth anything, but you know, like, I mean, they're seeing these things and these people are coming in like mortgages won't also give you more than the house is worth. Right. So just because houses are selling, let's say there's a $200,000 house and and, and they're, and there's, you know, they want 400,000. They're not going to mortgage you the 400,000. You're going to no. have to come out with that cash out of pocket. What a lot of people are doing, especially because we're close to the city. A lot of people are coming in from the city paying 75 grand over asking cash. So you're already putting yourself in a hole and then you're borrowing more than it is. And that's how you go upside down. And that's how you lose your house two years later. Exactly. Like right. you already you saw just... this happen. I don't understand why people are like, let's double down on stupidity. Well, you just nailed the whole process in like a paragraph and that's, that's why there is a crisis coming in real estate. When last time we saw a crisis in real estate was 2008 and nine, right? We yeah. saw what that did to the equity markets. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what caused the, the stock market to collapse in 2009? Well, it was subprime lending. It all had to do with real estate mm-hmm. and giving people loans that they couldn't afford and they defaulted on it. Yeah. Well, that impacts the banks. It impacts the lenders who are selling out those, those, mortgages to different investment groups right and and it's like well they're they're all going belly up so this will impact the stock market as well so you've got housing housing at an all-time unaffordability high Mm -hmm. right i mean this is crazy it's unrealistic yeah it's Mm -hmm. unrealistic and so then you've got what's happening with the war session right this is nothing more than stagflation But then why is this war recession going to go on for a while? Because what's happening in Russia and Ukraine, Putin's not pulling out unless it's complete victory for him. Yeah. I don't think there's going to have a peaceful negotiation settling this thing anytime real soon, because for him, the only way out is complete victory. Yes. That's it. He has to hold hold his ground too. Yeah. So we're going to have this for a while, but now, as of last week, you start hearing sniffing of, of grumbling in, in Asia as China is saying, yeah, hey, we're going to do the same thing with Taiwan. That's ours too, right? Just like Putin thinks Ukraine is theirs. So, mm-hmm. so you're going to start to see conflict in Asia, conflict in, in Europe with Russia and Ukraine. This war cycle that we're in, what happens during war cycles? You always get inflation because it's very expensive. You have to print money to make this happen. Not, not just even in America, but globally, right? The, the central banks around the globe yeah. have to fund the war machine 
that's going to cause prices at the producer level in Russia, for example, to go through the roof or in Ukraine, which are the largest grain producers on the planet, right? So mm-hmm. you're going to see food prices going through the roof. And, and at a point where most of the people in the world are living at the margin, right? It's like they're one to two missed paychecks away from filing for bankruptcy almost everywhere in the world, right? So- I know it's very tough. I say it all the time, especially, you know, where I live on the East Coast, everybody's got to keep up with the Joneses. It's like everybody lives above their means so much that, you know, it's only one catastrophic event away from you losing everything, yeah. everything. So that's why I choose not to live like that. I've seen it happen, <laughs> you know? 100%. So, so then talking about all this, it's like, okay, so now what? right? It's like, we're, we're not big enough individually to change the geopolitical scene globally. Mm-hmm. We, we can't change the war cycle. We can't change inflation. But what can we do? We can change our own finances, right? This is why you and I are talking, mm-hmm. because we want to give people solutions to the world that we're living in, not, not just state reality and, and cause them to be gripped with fear and stick their head in the sand and do nothing. That's not the goal. We don't have to sensationalize reality. It just is. Mm-hmm. Right. But what we do and we talk about it because there is a solution. And that's what we want to talk about, because this is hope. There's hope in this dark, blackening tunnel that we're seeing political um, mayhem, geopolitical conflict, inflationary pressures, higher taxation, people losing their jobs. I mean, you, all mm-hmm. of it is yeah. not it doesn't look good. Right. Because it's not. Yeah. However, however, what we can do is identify asset categories that go up in times like this. And that's anything that's a thing that you don't have to finance, right? So housing is a thing, oil and gas are a thing, cars are a thing, gold and silver is a thing. If you don't have to finance them because the cost of borrowing is going up, which will ultimately cost that price to come down, like real estate. Well, if you don't have to finance them, the price is gonna continue to soar because they are things. So this is why we are shouting it from the rooftops, buy as much silver as you possibly can um, even some, one of the large, really large European banks, you know, multinational banks, I don't know if it was HSBC or mm-hmm. one of them over there. So they asked their economist two weeks ago, um, where do you think silver is going to be 12 months from now? And the answer was basically, and I can't remember the bank that where mm-hmm. this economist came from, but it was, well, all else being equal outside of an unforeseen event. Uh, with the supply chain disruptions, with the lack of inventory, with the inflationary pressures globally, probably a hundred. Yeah. hundred dollars an ounce. It's like, what? Well, you know, that's with all else being equal, just sticking where we are right now. Sticking where we are. Yeah. What if there's some kind of a black swan unforeseen event um, like Evergrande defaulting stock markets go into shambles like overnight or, Mm -hmm. or the, the war in Russia and, and Ukraine, or China going into Taiwan turns nuclear, like the chief of the UN said. He said, "Nuclear option is no longer off the table anymore." It's like, what? Why are they st- putting out such messages of fear and wow. craziness? But they need but see, whether it happens or not is almost immaterial because financial markets respond to these sound bites without people mm. doing any research. Research, right? yeah. So, so it's like whether it's true or not. It doesn't matter. It was said it's being reported on that kind of stuff impacts the markets. Yeah. So this is where I, you have to tell people it's like, okay, is Putin a good guy or a bad guy? Is he just cleaning out Ukraine or is he a monster? Right. It's mm-hmm. like, 
to, to me, the narrative almost doesn't even matter because what does matter is perception is reality. And when you're seeing on, on mainstream media um, video of mm -hmm. war and atrocities and people being hurt and families, you know, and food lines and everything else, it's like, this is terrible, right? And, and, and food shortages and all that kind of stuff. The, the rationale as to why it's happening doesn't mm -hmm. even matter because it's happening. Hey, look, it doesn't even need to happen because they're showing videos of war yeah. footage like three years ago for crying out loud. Oh, like well, that's like the whole thing, man. Like we, we've been the only good thing is things are being debunked at such a higher rate where like it was 18 months for the Hunter Biden laptop and all that other stuff to come out. Now stuff is being debunked within days. They're like, wait, 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 wait. That's a green screen. Wait, 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 wait. That's that footage is from, you know, Serbia in 2014. You know, it, it was like people are starting to call bullshit a lot quicker. But, you know, there still is. I think there is a great awakening of people starting to be like, all right, like I need to fend for myself. I can't trust or rely on them. The mom, you know, Papa government to come save me. So we have to start taking the situation into our own hands, you know, not, right. not, not physically. Okay. I put it out there, <laughs> but um, you know, like you have to take your financial freedom and everything else. So I got a question for you yeah. with all this going on, everything else. Cause I get, a, I, you know, I get these questions and it's a question for me as well. How much should you, you know, feel that you should be putting in the silver because you still need liquid to live. Right now, because we don't have a parallel economy where, OK, you know, Doc, I need to give you some money. I'll break you off a piece you know, ounce of silver here, ounce of silver there. You bring me some food, whatever, booze, commodities. It's like that right. that parallel trade economy. Right. Yeah. We're not there yet. So how much is somebody supposed to be liquid and how much is someone supposed to be cash? How much is somebody, you know, is there a method or ratio you personally use? Mm -hmm. Because I have some people that are still, you know, in the system, stockbrokers, financial advisors and stuff that like you leave it in there it's gonna i'm like guys you don't understand the outside forces on this you still think it's like a legit thing <laughs> you know what i'm right. saying so it's all funny money and made up markets and everything else like you guys are still playing inside this game that has been rigged and you know that it's rigged but you're still playing the game and you're moving your money where you can to make your money but what happens when it all goes boom right you know so so that's a good question um everybody's different right everyone has different debt needs and things like that and but generally speaking this mm -hmm. this this yeah just a general is, blanket statement this for number Joe Schmell. For, me for decades okay. decades this is number i've used so having three months of expenses on hand in cash or money in the bank i mean yeah, yeah. that would be cash yeah, something same that's limited, right checking yep. account whatever yep. three months expenses i if you have too much you're falling behind because again, inflation's unofficially true. Inflation's at 24%. You can get 0% in your cash. Having too much cash is a guarantee you're going to lose 24% a year. Yeah. So having too little cash, it's not going to, your peace of mind is going to go out the door because mm -hmm. if an emergency comes up, you have some operational thing that you have to have money on hand for that. But three months of expenses. So if you make, if you have $4,000 a month in expenses, have 12 grand. Mm -hmm. And then invest the rest into silver because silver is as liquid to me as cash. I almost view it as like a cash equivalent because if you have it, call yeah. me and say, hey, Kurt, I need 4,000 bucks. Great. Slap a label on the box, ship it back. Once it gets there, we wire you the funds. Easy mm -hmm. enough. Or if you're having it stored at the depository, it's even easier. It's a 45 second phone call it's already there. Uh, by the end of the week, you, you have your, your wire, right? Okay. So it's as liquid as cash. 
except it's not cash. Cash but yeah. outpacing inflation. Man, imagine your cash position that's actually growing, mm-hmm. you know, without you adding a new dollar to it because you're viewing silver as your cash position, right? So, so that's where I would say allocate as much as you can over. Make sure you have three months of expenses on hand, yeah. but, but allocate everything else over and above that. Well, that's, I think that's a good way to look at it. Cause it is, it is just a switch of a mindset as well, because I know, you know, you're like, Oh, keep your money in the bank. That's what you were taught towards a kid. Oh, they're going to have interest, but the interest is never kept up with the pays. You know, you can have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank and you make seven, seven dollars at the end of the year with the interest rate, you know? And everybody's like, Oh, once you get to like a hundred grand, it money makes itself. And then you look at it and you're like, I made $7. What the hell is going on here? You know? So I think it is just a mind shift for everybody, me personally, everything, because we are going through unprecedented times and you have to start looking like, okay, that is my cash flow. That is my stuff. That is going to make my money, uh, you know? And, and at the, at the same time, even if you just leave it there and it doesn't grow, you're still safer with the commodity than having the fiat currency. Right. hundred percent. So I think that's, I think Gold that's and silver have never gone to zero. It's true. Because they're a thing. They've <laughs> yeah. never gone to zero. Just like nothing goes to zero. That's a thing ever in the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, however, currencies can go away. Yep. Stocks can go away because the company goes bankrupt. Or I yeah. mean, go belly up or things whatnot. Ne- things never go to zero. And that's why gold and silver is so amazing for that. Okay, awesome. So make sure you guys check us out. If you like the information, hit the like button, um, share with your friends, family, etc. We're just trying to prepare you guys, you know, that's that's all we're doing. Not trying to doom and gloom you. We're just trying to make sure that you can navigate through the storm and hopefully protect your assets as best as well. So check out Kirk Elliott phd.com forward slash sgt sam check it out there's a free uh online consultation you can take it right there it'll help point you in the money you know where in the direction that you want to put your money whether you want to buy physical purchase physical metals or you want to turn over an ira 401k 403b they can do all that stuff i've actually been through the process myself so it's very very simple um you know so check it out and always a pleasure have doc on with us and, and chop it up and you know talk real stuff what's really going on with the economy and the world and everything else and how we can manage it so once again thank you so much check us out samurai silver report and we'll see you guys next week see ya.